Guatemala. Um, yeah, I just felt like doing a podcast. Take away tall man. I just I'm Instagram live right now for the recording and for Instagram live I'm recording this. Um So yeah, I just wanted to talk about s- stuff that's been on my mind. I'm moving to Texas. Um I'm going to try and do a long distance relationship with the girl I love. And it's stressful and it's hard. I'm trying to maintain a job. I'm going to be a pioneer in the new stand-up comedy community that's starting in Austin, Texas. My friend Dylan, who's a hilarious comedian, is already out there crushing it, living in a house an hour and a half away from Austin, Texas. So he's making this big commute, which is where I come in. Yeah, adult stuff. Yeah, Instagram live, adult stuff. Um, yeah. And so Dylan needs a place in Austin, and I'm going to be one of his roommates. Me, uh, Jordan, Jordan Kirby, Jordan, Jordan Kirby, Jordan, whatever his last name is. But me, Jordan, and Dylan are going to be living in this pretty sweet house. It's a four-bedroom house. It's going to be rad. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm alone in the apartment right now, my girlfriend is gone for the for the next couple of days. She had a doctor's appointment down in California. Hey, what's up, Danny? Um so yeah, I uh I almost beat the shit out of two guys today just because I'm a hateful, angry person. I woke up and there was one guy walking down the street and he looked at me funny. And then there was another guy, he kind of did the same thing. And while I was walking down the street, I just kind of thought like, I like, I don't, there's no reason for me to feel that way. I'm just, like, a really angry person. I had just woken up. There's, there was nothing to bother me other than I slept on the couch. Um, yeah, there was a loud ringing noise last night. Okay. Bye, Jasmine. Um, but, yeah, I had a, there was a loud ringing noise last night. And I couldn't sleep in my bed. And I'm alone with cats. Please don't knock over my stuff. And I'm alone with cats. And I just could not stay in my bedroom. So I went and I slept on the couch. So maybe that, that irritated me enough to where I wanted to beat the absolute shit out of these two guys. There's a cat running around. And I was like thinking in my head, like, what if they like got together and like became their own little group and now I'm gonna I waved to somebody and now I have to fight two guys and then I had that whole fantasy while I was walking to the store of like me beating up two guys <clears throat> what's up Danny um oh Matt Barker just joined my podcast Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons for me to be angry. I think it's a combination of what's going on inside of me genetically with my mom and my dad. Like my, my dad had a really fucked up childhood. Like he, he didn't have like heat. Matt said he'll beat me off. (laughs) Uh, that's cool. Beat me off, Matt. Um, 
my dad had a fucked up childhood. That's an odd transition. Yeah, he um, he's like an angry person who's trying not to be an angry person. And I could see, I could tell growing up, like he's trying not to be the person that raised him. And there was this one instance with me and my older brother where we just got into this yelling match right before I moved out to Portland, actually. We got into this big argument, huge yelling match, like 30 minutes. I'm crying and screaming and saying, fuck you, dickhead. And he had said something about how he was going to do something to my nephew. And I'm I'm very protective. So that really set me off. And my dad had to go into, like, he drove away. He left. And he, he grew up in a house where people would yell and scream and fight. And my dad has always tried his best to not be that person and not to have that kind of household. And I was fortunate enough to, to, you know, be a son and be the kind of for, to be the recipient recipient of that energy. Um, but my, my oldest brother was not, uh, Oh, Hey, Hey Seth. Hi. My older brother is not, um, he's technically, technically I'm the only child of my parents. So all my siblings are either adopted or half siblings. Um, my family tree is kind of weird. I uh, so there's me at the bottom. I'm the youngest. Then my two cats are fighting. So it's four siblings on my mom's side from her previous marriage. One adopted sibling on my dad's side from his previous marriage. And then together they had me. And then my aunt died, and my two cousins became my siblings. So making me the youngest of eight. And so there's this really weird family dynamic of like who's the who's brother, sister, half sibling, not a sibling at all, kind of god sibling thing. And so there's all these different kind of emotions mixed in and conflicting. And my oldest brother who's like 40 now. More like family bush. Yeah. Family bush, not a tree. Um Yeah, my dad tried his best to be loving to everyone. He tried his best to be the person who had to sacrifice for other people's well-being. And my mom is just kind of like this endlessly loving person. Like, it's annoying. Like, it's so annoying. <laughs> it's so it's so much. Like, if she could just knock it down from a 10 to like a 6. Like, if she could only just text me every other day, that'd be nice. Um, and I'm like this grumpy, I'm, I'm my dad. I'm like, I'm like this grumpy, ad, agitated, want to fight people in the street kind of person. And so like, there's no real need for all this attention. I, it just, it just irritates me. But in that sense, I think I'm, that's why I get so riled up because like all that attempt at love that I've had in my life made rejection so much harder to deal with because I'd get rejected and then that turns immediately into rage. Like there's no in-between of like understanding of like, oh, you know, everyone has their own preferences. It just goes from like, oh, you don't like me? Then how about I kill you and your whole family? Like it's just right to 10. So I have that volatility uh, from my mom and then that like, like lean towards violence from my dad not that my dad was ever a violent person but like 
he had he he made it a point to make it skip my generation because it was so prevalent in his I'm a soup baby. Thanks for joining, you guys. Really appreciate that. Oh, all the love from Instagram Live. That makes me feel good. So, yeah. I think uh, I deal with rejection really terribly. <laughs> like, really, really awfully. I, uh, that's something I should probably work on in therapy. Um, I did actually do BetterHelp. Like, that online therapy thing. I did the one free session that you get. Uh, I tried it. And... <laughs> I I got a female doctor who didn't really reply to me and so I was like I need a new doctor and I, so I got this Indian dude um who correction the last person was a counselor this guy was a real doctor he and he made it a point to tell me that in the therapy session cuz I was like oh so you're you're the counselor I'm like crying in the therapy session I'm like so you're like my count, my counselor and he he was uh he was like yes I am your counselor but I am, I am a PhD doctor. I have, a, I have my doctorate. And I'm like, what's the difference? And he got so mad at me. He's like, I have a doctorate. I went to, I had more years of schooling, basically. Like, he, he was like talking to me like I'm an idiot. Like, I didn't know what a doctor was. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Thanks, guy. Um, so, yeah, I was like complaining about like being rejected by this one girl. And he was like, so you have a problem with her sexual history. Why do you want to be with this woman? And I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point, Doc. Indian culture is really interesting, by the way. Because, like, they still do arranged marriages. That's wild. That's super weird. They do that in Middle Eastern cultures, too. Like, I'm a, I have Middle Eastern people in my family. I have uh, Iranian people on my uh brother-in-law is iranian and so i i know about his family and like there's arranged marriages in his family and that's fucking wild dude like there's i i don't know if i should go how deep i should go into that but there's like some weird incest shit like it's fucking weird um i don't know but who am I to judge? My my grandfather killed the guy in Mexico before he came up to America. On my on my mom's side, my grandfather had killed the guy um, before he came to America. So it's a weird story. My my grandfather was married to someone else, and she was sick and she was dying, and then she died. And so my grandfather killed the doctor who couldn't save her. <laughs> so, uh, Seth, who's in the live just sent me a text about a joke um my grandfather killed the doctor that couldn't save his wife and then he went and like scooped up my grandmother who was like young like young talk about your incest anthony that's not even mine that's a that's an adjacent family uh that's my extended family um my grandfather scoops up my like 16 to 18 year old grandmother and just heads to America and starts having babies. That's my understanding of the story. I think they may have been together earlier in Mexico, but that was that was how my I understood it from my mother when she told me the story. 
I talk about your incest. It's not mine. It's my it's my sister's husband's family. And I don't really feel this is so I mean, the whole point of my podcast, uh hi. My whole point of my podcast is that I can be like real and genuine and talk about the shit that's bothering me because that's that was like a a mission statement that I had come up with when I was really young. I was like 18 and I had come up with this like little mission statement like I was a corporation which was to uh, bridge the gap between one another's personal exile. Because everyone will try and isolate and exile themselves in either shame or anger away from everyone else, and that is not beneficial to anyone, really. I can hear a cat trying to get into a drawer right now, and it's really irritating me. <laughs> There's a, one of my cats likes to pull open drawers and then hide inside, and he just tears up anything that's inside that drawer. So if there's like towels or Q-tips, I'll just come back and there's a flurry of Q-tips anywhere. And it makes me want to just like... <clears throat> anyway. Um, I was trying to say something profound. Um, uh, one of my nephews... is getting abused by his father. And it's really, really bothering me. It's like really, really, really bothering me. Like, it, it's like, when I first heard about it, I just broke down and started crying. Because, like, this nephew said that when he grows up, he wanted to be like me. And that's that's rough. Especially because, like, I think I'm a loser. Like, I don't think I'm anything to aspire to be. I don't even, I don't like, I feel like I'm a, a, a charlatan and a fake and all of the jobs I've ever had have been sales, which means that I'll, my whole job is to talk somebody into making a mistake, really. <laughs> and so to hear that, like, I'm that person for this kid, I'm the person that makes this kid feel like he can... He can feel good about himself. It um, it was really touching. And so to hear that his uh, his father wasn't treating him the way like my father had treated me, trying to like not pass on the the pain and the hate and the anger, it was like it was crippling. Can you not right now, Remy? Remy Remy loves to get up in my lights and shit. Oh hello. Hi, Aaron. Um, yeah, it just sucked. It sucked to hear that there was a situation where with my nephew, and like I learned how to box, I learned how to fight, and I, cause like, there's this whole thing in martial arts where it's like you learn, you train to defeat the self, not your opponent. Can you guys not fight right now? <laughs> my cats are like so irritated, and so to find out. Okay, that's enough. You guys need to get your shit out of here. Eat it. Hey. You. No. Ugh. Everyone loves an interruption. Hey! Aaron, you're such a positive and, like, woo kind of person. You, like, do stuff in, like, bikinis on your Instagram, and it's so 
fun and positive. And it reminds me of like a picnic of when polka dots. And I'm over here talking about child abuse. <laughs> so this might be jarring for you. Um, but yeah, I learned how to box to protect myself and to protect others. And it's different when you learn something to protect yourself versus you learn something to protect others because the motivation is different. You're acting out of love rather than fear. And I've, I've like lived in fear for a large portion of my life. Fear was like the main motivator for me. Like I was, I was honestly crippled by it. Like I, I was so insecure. I was so very insecure and I still am. Uh, still, still insecure, but you can really just be convinced to not do anything out of fear. Like there are years of my life where I really didn't move forward at all simply because I was too afraid to take a risk. And that risk might've just been like, go talk to somebody. Like I was this horribly antisocial, still antisocial. I was this horribly antisocial and angry person with no real personality to speak of because I haven't done anything to work on my character. But my nephew's different. Like, he's this wonderful and, like, endlessly flowing with character person. Like, he's just got so much fun and humor and courage to give. He's like such an example of like all the things that I wish I had when I was younger, personality-wise, like character-wise. I wish I could be as open and as free as my nephews are today. Because I, I have a few. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews. I have like 10, not 10, like 8. I've got uh, Ryan, Alec, Jaden. Vincent, Roman, Noah. Uh, what's what's her name? Giselle. So seven. So yeah. And these guys not <sighs> wrangling cats. Oh hi Sarah. I'm talking about sad things. talk about something funny oh i uh i said something that like totally shocked one of my coworkers because i was i get i get into this mindset with instagram where like everyone's beautiful but me like i'll be on instagram looking at things and i just start to think like man i am really not attractive i am the ugliest person i've ever met for sure and then uh, I tried to articulate that. Well, I know I know it's a farce. I know it's an illusion because Instagram is going to promote and show you those things. So I know that Instagram is giving me a false perception of reality because mo like not no one is that beautiful. Not everyone is beautiful. That would be that would make beauty unimportant because if everyone was beautiful, then that would just be normal. That would just be the standard. 
and Instagram wants to show you as much beauty as possible so you keep wanting to look. But that gives me the perception that everyone is beautiful. Everyone on my social media is beautiful. Um, and I realized, like, wait a second, most people I interact with are ugly. So this is totally wrong. Like, most people are gross. Most people are, like, ogres. <laughs> like, just trolly, nasty people. And um, there's no real point to that sentence. Other than just, oh, yeah, I, I had said this to my coworker, and she was... She's like a former Miss Oregon contender. She was she was in the competition for Miss America. Um, she's like a, this beautiful person. She's uh she's all this stuff, right? She is the quintessential like popular on Instagram person. And I said this to her, and she was like, "No, no, not every most people aren't ugly, but like." That, that would mean that most of the people that lived in my apartment complex and the place that I work and the people I see at the grocery store, if over 50% of them were beautiful, I could agree with her. But in reality, it's more like 5 or 10%. By the way, I'm a part of the uglies. Look at how big my forehead is. I'm 100% talking about my people here. This is fun. This is nice. Hmm. Uh, Seth, you had um, sent me a joke. I want to go look at that joke really quick. That's stupid. That's stupid, Seth. That's a stupid joke. Ah, fiddling with the camera. <sighs> I just kind of wanted to get this out. I have no problem with the lulls. I was thinking about something about like a business that I could open up. Because everyone's always talking, like I have this friend who's always trying to pitch me his, his latest business, and he's like, oh, dude, like this market, totally untapped, there's no one doing this. Uh, he's like, you should be a bush pilot. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, go to Alaska. Alaska is like 90% undiscovered territory. It's actually larger than we had originally presumed on our maps. Go to Alaska, and you become a bush pilot. And you basically, you can land almost anywhere. You can fly and take off from almost anywhere. It's a one-person um, It's a one person plane, and you can do, you just, you, you're in the freedom, man. You're just free and flying in Alaska. And that's just not... No, like, why Why do I have to move to Alaska? Or like, he's like, man, in China? <laughs> he told me this like a year ago. He's like, dude, in China, they desperately need pilots because he's got, he's like learning to fly planes. They desperately need pilots. 
because pilots are becoming fewer and fewer. It's a it's a market that's getting more and more narrow. So if you learn and like, but dude, you only have to work like three hours a week for two hours, <laughs> three days a week for two hours, and then you're done and you get paid for the whole week. And it's always like this, like get rich quick, small market kind of scheme. Not that he's always trying to pitch me like a pyramid scheme or something, but it's always it's always so much easier than he makes it out to be. Anyway, I was trying to think of a, my own get get rich quick scheme, um, and I think I'd like to to own a flower shop. That'd be nice. That's like my ideal business. Because if I own a flower shop, like I buy my girlfriend flowers all the time. Like, I have this uh, procedure that I do where if she goes out of town, I clean the apartment, I buy some flowers, and I try and make it nice. I try and get, like, a, a nice thing. I have, I've always had, like, an interesting relationship with flowers. Because when I was younger, like, my first girlfriend, um, obviously, when I was in high school, like, I didn't have money. So what I would do is I would buy... I wouldn't buy flowers. I would go out and pick flowers. And so I'd go around the neighborhood or like the church garden. And I would... Oh, hey, Ahmed. Hey, my Swedish buddy joined. Um, but yeah, I would just go around the neighborhood picking flowers for my girlfriend in high school because I didn't have any money. And so one of the things I did was I got like this... I plucked a giant white flower from a tree. There would, there would uh, be these random trees that would grow these... Big, 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 big white flowers. Probably like, like I have a big hand. It's probably like the size of two softballs stacked on top of each other. So I would go and I would reach up and I would like pluck it from the tree. And I would, nope, nope, don't you do that. <laughs> Sorry, there's a cat in here. So I would pluck it from the tree and I would open up the bulb. And then I would put different flowers inside the bulb. So I would put like those little like kissy dragon looking flowers. Um, I don't know anything about plants, but I would just like fill it with flowers and then I would give that to her or I would try and make like different little things like I'd tie it up into like a little knot. I mean, I didn't have any money in high school. The only way for me to get money was to sell pop tarts. I... So the, the vending machines at my high school sold Pop-Tarts by the by individual. So for a dollar, you would get one Pop-Tart rather than two Pop-Tarts, which normally come in a pack. So what I did was I would go down to the Ralph's nearby, like literally right across the street from the school, and I would buy like $15 worth of Pop-Tarts. And each one, if I got the large pack, it came with... Eight. If I got the smaller one, it came with five, um, and I would sell them for a dollar, and they only cost like three bucks, two bucks sometimes if there was a sale, and I would, I would just out, I'd, I'd beat the uh, the vending machines, and people would come up to me at lunch. They're like, "Hey man, let me get like two or three pop tarts," and it, s'mores was the big seller. I would sell. I would always sell s'mores. People loved s'mores pop tarts. Um, some people would be like, Hey, do you have blueberry? And then I would buy a box of blueberry the next day. 
and that one guy would buy blueberry, and then I'd end up eating the rest of the blueberries. I'd prefer to have a garden, though. <laughs> but I, f I feel like having... Being a florist is not, like, a very profitable business. Like, there's no, there's no big money in trees. There's no billionaire who's like, yeah, I'm the leading provider of roses in the world. It's a bummer. I'd love to be a florist. Not for my whole profession. I would, I would hate that. I would hate being a florist. If that was the only thing I could rely on. But if it was like my side business, like I'm trying to think, I started thinking like, is there a way to combine like Uber? I'm going to take this out. Combine Uber and um, flowers. Like just drop off flowers. Because I still buy flowers. There's still a flower department in every store. And they sell out of roses every valentine's day and valentine's day is coming up so how is there no there's got to be some sort of way to change up the game in flowers but there's no real need there's only demand for flowers one day of the year unless if you're some romantic guy like me who buys flowers like i've easily spent over a thousand dollars in flowers this year easily Probably like 10 to $40 a pop, two to three times a month. Uh, maybe not. Back in the OG spot? What? Oh, oh. My girlfriend just used the term OG. She sent me a text. <laughs> My girlfriend doesn't talk like that. She doesn't use the word OG. Uh, I thought about crushing one of the cats today. <laughs> I was, uh, I was holding one of the cats to just like give him a hug. Like you would hug a person, but cats are very like mild and extreme creatures. Like they only exist at levels one, five and 10. So like they only want the most mild of interaction or they want level 10 level of interaction. But that's usually like if they're trying to kill you or something. Like if you piss up, piss off a cat and they're trying to like claw your eyes out. Level five is like when they're playing. But if they're not sleeping, playing, or trying to kill something, they're you, you'll never. I don't know what that looks like because they're only one, five, or ten. They don't. They never exist at a three. But yeah, so I'm holding the cat, and I'm loving it. And it only lasts for like three seconds because it immediately starts to like push off of me and like claw me. And I let go. I'm like, whatever, fine. You're a cat. I get it. But I let go. And immediately my brain goes, you're like, you know what? Why don't I just like reach over and just like crush your face? Because I know I can do that. I'm a big guy. I'm strong. And that goes back to the whole rejection thing. Like, I just don't deal with rejection well. And it's not that the cats are rejecting me. It's just that it's very similar to being rejected. I'm trying to dispense love. And the cat is, like, not having it. And so I take that as rejection. But in reality, it's just a, it's a cat. It's That's just not how 
it wants to be that's not how it wants to be loved it's i'm not I'm not dispensing love in the way that it wants to love to be received. And I feel like people are a lot like that. Like you have to figure out what other people's love language are. Like my girlfriend is definitely an acts of kindness kind of person. And so am I to a degree. I just never I never expect an act of kindness from anyone. But if I if I ever do receive an act of kindness, that's really nice. Like it's really sweet. It's like I'm I'm like extremely touched by it. But I always have like this suspicion of like, what are you trying to get out of me? Like what what is the end result of this act of kindness, huh? Like what are you what are you trying to get one over on me, huh? What are you trying to do? Hmm. I would say quality time is my biggest thing. It's the same thing for my friend Jordy. Like we took one, he took one of those tests. I almost said we, I I hate tests. Like find out what, are you more of a Scorpio? Like, are you, are you a type A personality? And it's like, I don't care. Like all of these, we, we love to segregate and narrow down who and what you really are just so we can label you and we can be like, oh, you're type D. I know it simplifies all of our interactions with you versus taking someone on like a case-by-case basis. And I think it's because there's so many people in this world. Like there's so many people in this world we need to sort through and we're trying to sort through and we're trying to give you like, like, oh, you're a type A personality. You're a Scorpio. You're, um, you have a peanut allergy. So you're, gay (laughs) um no you you know like we just want to yeah you're gay you're bi you're lesbian you're uh non-binary i found out i was non-binary technically uh from my gay friend he he was like oh so you're non-binary because i had like talked to him about like my view on my gender and he was like oh so then you really have no connection with your with your gender so you're non-binary. And I go, okay, I guess. The way I have always explained it, <laughs> as of last month, uh, the way that I have learned to phrase it is that my ego is larger than my gender. Like, who I am and who, what I, like, my personality is larger than what my sexuality and gender is, and I've met I've I meet a lot of people like that, like uh like my um I had this one boss that was super gay, but like he was he wasn't like like Elliot like Elliot Mack is super gay, but he's like yeah like he's like exuberantly gay like he's like he he wants you to know he's gay one from walking past him like he. He wants you to know he's gay before he enters the room. Uh, my boss was, like, gay from a distance. Like, you could never know. Like, he was undercover gay. Um, he would just be like, yeah, you know, and I was hooking up with this guy. Like, he, he was very, like, I don't want to say he was bro He was just smart and intellectual. 
he had bigger things to talk about than gender. And that's kind of like the way I've always felt about these conversations is like, cool, you know what you are. And that is a huge philosophical and in personal journey. But what else? <laughs> like, can you tell me a joke? Can we have a conversation about something else, something bigger? Like, what, what's interesting about you other than your gender? Um, I'm, I'm xenophobic, I guess. <laughs> no. I, uh... I just feel like I want you to respect Anthony the person more than Anthony the male. Anthony the straight guy. Anthony the whatever. And the way I identify with gender is just like, I have a penis and that's about it. Hey, what's up, Jordy? I'm recording this. Jordy, the co-host of Two Friendly. Hey, uh, I should probably explain this because I didn't tell him I was doing this. He's just like, why are you, why are you doing a podcast without me? Why are you doing a podcast without me, bro? Um, I, I was just feeling it. I felt like I had some stuff on my mind that I wanted to talk about. And so I, I am recording it. And because I'm alone, I felt like doing it live. So yeah, Seth was on here earlier. Um, I want to get Seth on the podcast, actually. You fucking pussy. Okay, thanks. I love you, he says. It's exactly my relationship with Jordy. Like, I don't even think... Like, I barely imagine Jordy is, as male. Like, he's... He is... Like, Jordy, you're a straight guy you're straight and you're the your gender is male but at the same time i feel like what you are is so much bigger than just the fact that you have a penis and you like women like i i honestly for a long time imagined that you'd be fucking dudes by now <laughs> honestly uh like me me and seth would always say that we're just like jordy's gay he's gotta be gay <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be gay like, one day, he's just going to be brave enough to tell us. Inviting us over for sleepovers and cuddling in your bed, bro. Fucking gay. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember when I was in high school. And that's not the second... That's not the only time I've cuddled with, uh, with men. I was... Uh, me and some friends were getting wasted. And this was in, like, freshman year. And we needed a place to sleep. And we couldn't go to anyone's house. And so, like, at the last second, I was just, like, talking with my mom. Like, mom, I got I to gotta sleep over. I, I want to sleep over at my friend's house. But <laughs> whatever. And so we ended up till, like, 4 a.m. sleeping on the roof of an apartment complex, shivering. Like, ice, like, it was so cold. And, like, lit, there's, like, four of us just, like, trying to spend the night on this, like, apartment complex. I'm thinking, like, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to die. I end up, we end up sleeping over at our friend Anthony, Anthony's house. Not my, not me. Different Anthony. Because um, he tried, he ran back to his home to pick up blankets and he got caught. And then when they were, like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to leave the house with blankets? Uh... He kind of just confessed to his parents. He's like, hey, we're trying to spend the night on this rooftop. And 
we need blankets because it's so cold outside. And then, oh, yeah. And then our friend Jay was like way too drunk. Like he was throwing up. He was not doing good. He almost walked off the the roof of the building. Like it was bad. It was really, really bad. We were really irresponsible. But then again, like I was like 15 or 16. At, I think I was 15 at the time. Um, but this was like my group of friends that was like really not healthy. Uh, we, we would like drink every Friday. I got a friend, one of my friend who could do a backflip. Uh, I got drunk. I lied down on the floor and he would go, he's like dancing to music. And then he jumped and like landed, he backflipped and landed onto my head. And all I, all I remember is just feeling a sudden like hit and pressure and then I stood up, but I'm pretty sure I was con- concussed because <laughs> like my brother picked me up later and he's like, you are too fucked up. I'm never doing this for you again. Because one of my brothers, because <laughs> one of my brothers had picked up a bunch of like four locos for us. He like bought alcohol. Um, yeah, Jordy's talking about Jordy is just he's uh, on the live. He had mentioned that like those kickbacks. That was so stupid. I, okay, so I stopped, I I hated weed for like years because of something that happened. I didn't have a bad experience with the substance. I had a bad experience with the people. Basically, this friend Anthony is just dirty. He's just like gross, bad hygiene, smelly. Uh, I remember the first time I ever went over to his place. Um, like, it just, I could smell dog piss and shit fr- from outside the apartment. And I was just like, oh, it was gross. Anyway, he had, he had like offered me a hit of weed and I took a hit and I could see like a little loogie inside the pipe. And, like, as I was hitting it, it, like, moved towards my mouth. And I was just like, this is the exact same thing as smoking crack. I'm smoking. I'm a crackhead. This is smoking crack. This is disgusting. I'm, and I was so, like, my self-worth just hit the floor. And I was like, ugh. And I've told this story on a, on a different podcast. Because, like, I was just so disappointed in myself. And I, I said, what I said on another podcast is the thing that... I needed a white friend to to reintroduce me to weed because like the like our friend Will got me back into it because he was like, hey, like come over to my apartment. It was nice. It was clean. Like the carpet was vacuumed and the walls were white. Like everything was nice. He had a dog that was like friendly and it was a service animal. So it was well trained. It wasn't like like my friend Anthony's dogs that would just like attack you randomly. They would. They were like these, like furious chihuahuas that would like, just charge you and like nip at your fingers. You'd be like, "Oh, hey, puppy, hey, puppy," and it'd just be like, rah, rah, rah. like it was. They were not well trained. As to where, uh, Will, his dog Nelson, was like this sweetheart. He would just look. He would like. He was just friendly. He just wanted to be pet, and if you didn't want to pet him, he's like, "Okay, I'll just chill here. I'll wait." And he's, he was just the best. Um, but Will had like a totally different system. He had like, he had this like $200 device 
where it's like, oh, it doesn't, you don't smoke the weed. You bake the weed inside this wooden box and it, smoking weed with oregano, like we added it on purpose to feel more healthy. Uh, that's, Jordy mentioned that. Um, but no, it was a wooden box that baked it and it had like its own battery and it, he kept it clean and it was hidden and it was... Like, afterwards, he would, like, play music on, like, a hundred, and he had, like, this really expensive speaker, and then he would, like, play guitar, and, and he would, like, slap the bass, and he would talk about, like, philosophical things, and, I, and I, I remember leaving that session feeling enlightened. Dude, you look like Ginger John Wick. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I, I mean, John, John Wick is cool. Uh... But yeah, like that that gave me this whole positive experience and he gave me salsa so we had munchies versus him being like versus An with Anthony it was just like okay now we got to leave. We got to go hang out at the park and it's cold and if you got some and like it was just not a pleasant experience. Like it was really more about the community and there is more of that kind of community with weed. Like, he gave me, like, the drug dealer experience. Will gave me, like, the consumer experience. Yeah, in a good way. I know it's in a good way. Don't call me Ginger John Wick. How is that a, an insult? Maybe if you said I had a long face and a big forehead like Keanu Reeves, that's an, that's an insult. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Weed, my brother used to grow weed. It's interesting, I started to view my brother very differently. Like I remember my, um, my brother used to grow weed back when it was illegal. And when he told me that he goes, he, I was very young, probably middle schooler. And he goes, I grow and sell and distribute marijuana. Um, and he broke it down to me very much like a businessman, but I only knew it as like, that's pot, that's weed, that's the bad stuff, that's the dangerous stuff, you know, that's crack. And, and plus my parents are not cool with weed in any way, um, despite all my siblings <laughs> being like very into weed, my parents are not cool with weed in any way. And... My, uh, my brother grew it and sold it and l later stopped because of the woman he was with was just, just made him stop. So the problem with that is, is that if he continued, he would probably have a great business. Like he would probably be pretty successful, which is unfortunate because like he stopped selling weed to, you know, live a good life and not be breaking the law but if he continued down that path like he was into like the hydroponics of it he was and we had a conversation i called him up like a few months ago saying like hey you're kind of like the prohibitionists like the people who during and during prohibition who bootlegged liquor he was bootlegging weed and that completely changed my perspective on him because i would probably be doing the same thing like, if, if it's a highly profitable venture, I'm going to go towards it. Why wouldn't I? Um, like, if I was, like, if weed was going to be legal in five years, 
and I was thinking about it and like I could see the same trajectory the same way that my brother did. I, w I probably, I don't know. I don't know if I would have given it up, uh, but I would, it's, it's complicated when you're like the consumer and you know, it's not that bad, but you're also the, your, it's your venture. It's your business. That's, that's like the give and take the pull of it of like, am I, am I the, 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 the crackhead who's getting high off of his own product or am I a businessman who believes in my product? You know, like why would Jeff Bezos not order things off Amazon? That doesn't make any sense, right? Why would Joe Rogan not take all the supplements from his supplement company? Why would a comedian not laugh at his own jokes? Hmm? Um, oh, I really want more coffee, but I don't want to get up and get it. Oh, I bought my uh, I bought my girlfriend like a a mug that keeps your coffee warm, and it says "I love you more," which is super gay. But um, it was some it's something that like we say to each other like. She'll be like, I love you. I go, I love you more. And then like we get like this little funny like, oh yeah, with the and it's like this cute little thing. Um, but I bought her that and now she stuffed it in the back of the cabinet. So I know she hates it. <laughs> I know she's just like, this is the wrong color because it's purple. And she said she liked purple. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. There's a cat getting ready to jump on my thing. Don't do it. I'm watching you. I'm going to go introduce Alice. Come here. Hey. She eluded me. Um Yeah, that was the cat that I picked up and she scratched me and I thought like I could just I could crush this cat. Hmm. Uh, speaking of weed, my sister later worked at a dispensary. She worked at several dispensaries. Um, and she did, per like, she was doing well for herself. Like, she moved out and she lived on her own in California, which is a hard thing to do. Hi, Christina. I'm just talking. This is, it's not very entertaining. Ah. Um, but yeah. Hey, Morgan. But yeah, so two of my siblings sold weed back when it was like barely legal. So my brother sold weed when it was totally illegal and then he stopped. And then my sister got into dis the dispensary business back when it was kind of legal. Like if you had a medical card, you could get weed. And so she, like, she, she had told me about, like, getting swatted and, like, the raids. What up, stud? What's up, Morgan? Jiu-Jitsu man? That's, here's the thing about Morgan Reinwald. I know, Weinwall? Morgan, Morgan Linewall? Morgan Linewall. Here's the thing about Morgan, uh, last name too complicated for my dumbass to say. Here's the thing about Morgan. He will jujitsu you into a pretzel. He is, he, 
is an unassuming, just kind of like shaved head looking guy who will knot you the fuck up. You're Morgan, you're like a, a brown belt or a purple belt or something like that, right? You're like legit. You're like a terrifying beat the shit out of you, choke you unconscious kind of guy. Because he, he did MMA. Oh, there was this guy I met. So I was doing improv. Gross. I was doing improv um, with this guy who, his name's Hunter Lion. He follows me on Instagram. If, you go, or if you're on Instagram, go look him up. Um, he had 90 fights. 90. Nine zero fights. Eight of them were MMA, which he was undefeated. Um, he did. He was a boxer wrestler, and he had something like. He he told me he's like I I've won seventy boxing matches, but he lost nine, so seventy nine. It was something like that, like crazy high numbers. And I was talking to him about boxing, and I was like, "Yeah, my jab, you you know, I got my my real sharp jab." And then I threw a jab, and he was like, "It's all wrong." And I was like, uh, and I, in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, what does this guy know?" Like he was like five eight, kind of like tightly built. Kind, he's like me, my same build, but six inches shorter. So I was like, "Who gives a fuck about this guy?" And then he let me know that he beat the shit out of seventy two guys in a boxing match and I was I immediately it's like talking to a gun like oh you could murder me easily it was such a like eye-opening experience because I I thought I was hot shit and here comes a real man telling me it was like oh no and he he was telling me about how like he can't hear in one of his ears and one of his eyes was going blind and like he had severe back problems, severe back problems where like he, he showed up late one day and he was like holding his back the whole time. And then he would go up and do a scene. And like as soon as the scene was over, he would like go sit back down in his chair and he would just be like this, just like in agony. And it was just it was insane to realize I was talking to a, a trained killer for like. 40 minutes and thinking I could beat him up because you know as I think it's a guy thing to just look at someone and be like oh I could beat them up like like I could take this guy I feel comfortable enough to talk shit to this guy and then you find out that this guy is a dangerous dangerous man and it changes your whole perspective because he would probably light me up I, I bet if I could I could like knee stomp him like just like kick him in the knee and he'd probably go down. But that'd be, I don't know. I I think, I think when you're 72 fights in, you're the kind of person who is willing to sacrifice your eyes and your ears and your knees for the win. Like he was a real competitor. He was, he, he had the heart of a champion. He just never got there. But yeah, um, I think I'm gonna stop. I've been doing this for about an hour. Um, I don't know who's still watching, but thank you for watching, and uh, this was fun. Goodbye.